in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C. This is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. Hey, out there in Radio Land, it is the best political talk show you've never downloaded <laughs> as a podcast. This is Backroom Politics from Podcast from Podcast Village. In fact, we're in Studio A instead of or Studio B instead of Studio A. And joining us as they do every time we record this show, he is the former Undersecretary of Commerce for International Trade. He is the one we know as Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello, Justin. Uh, directly across the table from me, she is the former comms goddess over at your United States State Department. She is the one we know as Aaron Harbaugh. Hello, Aaron. Hello, good afternoon. Uh, we've got to my right, ironically, he is the longtime Democratic political operative we know as Dan Lipner Esquire. Hello, Daniel. Howdy, Justin. And on a 57-inch screen TV, which is scaring the living bejesus out of us in studio, is uh, the author of such great books as American Politics on the Rocks. He is our in-house historian. He is Rich Rubino. Hello, Richard. Hello, Justin. And, of course, we've got our proprietor and our benefactor and the owner of Podcast Village. Uh, we've got uh, Charlie Bernie back there behind the boards. Thank you, Charlie, as always. And It's my pleasure. Yeah, uh, And then we've got Maddie, the engineer, back there keeping him honest. She and, says hello. Yeah, uh, we, we, we love having Maddie on, on, our, on our team. Hey, uh, we've got a lot of stuff to cover, but the, the, the big news that everybody's talking about, other than... The whole issue of Super Tuesday happening and the uh, the big win or surprising results coming in from insert state here. We we record these on Tuesdays, so you're probably getting this a little bit later. But the other big item, the big ticket item that we're talking about is in fact coronavirus. Uh, the 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 issue of Anything from how it's communicated from the White House to the actual response, the coordination, the global impacts, the financial impacts. There's so much we have to cover here. The the um, the, the big items is is that we're now starting to see American deaths. Uh, it was reported earlier today, as we were going into recording, that an additional four victims had died as a result of the coronavirus out in uh, metropolitan Seattle, Washington. Uh, they are from the same facility, I believe, as the original two that succumbed to the coronavirus. It is now starting to affect everything from the travel industry to local economies and even how people are interacting on their daily lives. Um Right now, it's the disease itself has killed more than 3,000 people globally. Uh, there are now travel restrictions between the countries of Iran, South Korea, Japan, uh, obviously China. Uh, they are expanding these travel restrictions as far as quarantinable uh, people who have been to these countries. They're looking for, if you've been to these countries in the past, Two weeks, they're thinking about increasing that. It's got a lot of people involved, everybody from Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's the head of infectious disease programs up at the National Institutes of Health. It's got the emergency response experts down at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention down in Atlanta. And then, of course, we've got Mike Pence, who is leading the charge on this. Let's talk about 
the effect. Oh, we also need to mention the fact that during this all going on, during the Democratic presidential uh, parade that we've been seeing over the past couple of weeks, last week the Dow had its worst week ever, losing about almost 12% of its total value on the table in one week's time. And there are some that are attributing that to coronavirus, and there's some just saying it's a correction. There's no real, no real observation on that. But Alan Moore, let's talk about the coronavirus first for a, a second. The, the the virus itself, we've 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 heard about human coronavirus. It's 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 been a virus that we've known about for decades. This strain, this uh, COVID nineteen or this COVID twenty is the one that has gotten everybody upset and it's kind of got a lot of the uh, epidemiologists a little bit kind of confused. What What's the big story in this as far as the virus itself? It, Genetically engineered? No. It's something that we hadn't seen before. We don't fully understand it. It appears to mutate. Um, so when it comes out of the blue and we know nothing about it and we suddenly realize that people are infected with some new thing and we identify it and then they're dying at a higher rate than they do from other viruses that we're familiar with, like the flu virus um, and even some things that like uh, were called SARS and MERS, um, where the infection rate was not as high, uh, the mortality rate in some cases is even higher. This is not Ebola, where 40% of the people who are exposed will die. Um, it's, more, it's, it's more in the neighborhood of somewhere in the 1% to 3% of people exposed, uh, as far as we can tell. The problem is we don't know who all has been exposed. So there's, there's, there's a guess that there are many, many people who are exposed, uh, and we will never know about it. Right. So, but but even if it's one percent mortality, that is one percent of those who are in, uh, infected will die. That's ten times higher than the rate for the flu that is in America today. Right, ten times higher. So 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 we're still trying to sort out where it comes from, whether we can prevent it, or we or whether we can only respond after the fact and try to mitigate get get some kind of of uh, isolation and treatments as they exist it's particularly harmful to but, older older people right. we but we we've we've seen you know 89,000 people at least reported with it, with confirmed coronavirus infections uh almost, worldwide numbers what's that worldwide numbers worldwide numbers uh Double that as far as those that are quote unquote being monitored. The to me, it's does this seem like we're making too much out of the coronavirus? If maybe we're only talking about eighty nine thousand worldwide infected, maybe two hundred thousand being monitored over billions of people. This doesn't seem a lot. Why? Why the concern? Well, there's lots of. I mean, first let's be clear. At, nobody should be taking health advice from any of us. None of us are experts. Right, 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 right. And we're not so giving health advice. We're not giving clear. health advice. Right. So, as lay people on the science front, some of the as as Alan correctly po- pointed, the the mortality rate could be, could be between one and three percent. For those of you who think that's not a big number, the flu is the flu point is sig- two. 
Right. It's significantly lower and also almost exclusively uh, dangerous as far as deadly dangerous to high risk groups. It's unclear that the coronavirus is limited to folks that are high risk, meaning elderly or elderly people who are children, people with uh, correct. We, we, respiratory and, and, issues. And not to say it is or is not. We actually don't know yet. Anecdotally, there's been a suggestion it might be a bit more vigilant or virulent than just the average flu. But again, we don't know that yet. In addition to that, it seems to have have a, a it can incubate longer than the 14 days that we traditionally look right. at flu viruses. Because right. there have already been cases of people that have been kept in quarantine for those two weeks and seemingly (coughs) passed the virus on. It's unclear whether or not that's actually how it was passed on, but there is, again, some suggestion that it may have gone beyond that 14 days. So there's a lot of things that we don't know. And but, it's part of the reason why the the World Health Organization is taking this seriously. All right, but let's let's look at this. I mean, because this has become an issue that is literally driven the as of today the Fed to do an emergency rate cut, and they literally came out and said it's because of coronavirus. Uh, Aaron Harbaugh, it, it it strikes me that we hear the Republicans saying. That the, the Democrats are overhyping this. The media is overhyping. They're turning this into a crisis that's not really there. Uh, if you look at the numbers, billions of people in the world, and we're only monitoring uh, upwards of 200,000 people globally. And we've had uh, under 2,000 of 2,000 fatalities as a result of this. Is do does the president and does his supporters do his supporters have a case that maybe this has been blown way too out of proportion and creating a systematic worldwide global panic? I would like to ask you, what would be the interest behind this kind of conspiracy? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I mean, what 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 do the Democrats have to gain? I, I mean, there there have been more people killed by this coronavirus outbreak, which has been over three thousand people, more than SARS, more than Ebola. Um, you know, L- less than Ebola, but it was less. Y- okay, yeah, I, less I apologize. No, it's okay. But um. I, I mean, just just in the short time that 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 this is, has has been um, proliferating, I mean, we've seen a lot of devastation in, in in China, and and you know, obviously that has impacted the Chinese economy. I don't think you need to have a degree in economics to look at how that could easily. F- Come, come in and 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 affect the American economy as as well. Alan Moore, the same question to you: is, is there is there some overhypeness that's being done by the media, the Democrats, making this into a much worse crisis than it actually is as a political tool? Well, which I, is what some Republicans have accused. Well, I uh, think that the the Democrats are looking for ways to say that the administration is fumbling the ball. Uh, on something, and it's a reflection of their incompetence. Um, unfortunately, uh, the president has provided some ammunition for that argument because he has gotten out in front 
in various ways. I mean, Tony saying, Azar hasn't helped either, but yes, you're right. Yeah, I have. I'm not joining you on on Azar. I'm I'm simply talking about uh, about the president who felt that he had some duty to to downplay, encourage the markets because his. The, the keystone to his success as president has been good economic performance, uh, not least of which is uh, a significant rise in the stock market. So he's trying to calm the waters there, but doing so by being imprecise in what he talks about in a world of science, when he's got scientists around him who are not going to stand by and let him say things that are simply not correct. And so you have some mixed signals. The president struggles to not call it how he wants it to be rather than how the experts say it is, whether it's how long to develop a vaccine, how long to develop a treatment, how much risk we have, pat himself on the back for uh, for limiting travel to and from China. Um, and, and yet, Try to suggest that there's not a lot uh, to to worry about here, and even calling it at one at one point a hoax. Um, so the president's been all over the place. Well, what you need is discipline in your messaging, um, and uh, and and transparency in what we know, what we don't know, how long it will take, at at the at the at the at the shortest to. Develop a vaccine, this, assuming assuming we can figure out a vaccine, and and he's in meetings where he's trying to push scientists, uh, pharmaceutical companies, to say something that they won't say, and this is this feeds the concerns right. that we're not in control and not doing right. all the things that we Aaron, need to do. Aaron Harbaugh, I think underpinning that is also our capacity to handle a pandemic like this has been greatly reduced in the past few years. For example, the CDC's uh, budget to prevent global disease outbreaks was cut in 80, by 80% in just 2018. So actually, be careful of these numbers. Well, that's uh, I mean, these, they're, no, I've seen similar depends, numbers. It depends how you define that, but but that's, the hiring that's one, freeze is a hard number. That, that's just one example. I mean, there are many agencies that have a role in this, and uh, you know the the National Security Council used to have a global health security unit. There used to be a lot more capacity, not just funding, but leadership, more organization headed by the White House in an interagency type of format to combat these international pandemics, including international cooperation, which is really, really critical. And many of the programs that we've had for many years, we had 49 robust programs until recently, which has now been cut down to 10. And a lot of this comes down to communication and disease uh, surveillance tracking. Um, you know, if we don't have these relationships, we don't have this data. We don't have this communication, this information. Um, it's not. It, it you know that that that's. You know, as Alan had had kind of alluded to, a lot of the the, the communication, the information, uh, the dissemination of information to the public on 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 risk is 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 obviously a problem. Not just with our own people domestically, but internationally as well. Is, is the is the media being too hard on on the on the White House and on the president? Let's say, as far as 
you know, granted he's not saying the brightest things out there, but is is Trump adding to the concern? Is is the is the concept of there's a lack of trust in the White House and the in the White House's ability to keep us safe? Is that a valid argument, Dan Lipner? Well, well, first let me start off by saying that the what the president and the White House have been doing, suggesting that the Democrats are rooting for this failure, is a remarkably irresponsible and dangerous w- route to go. When you're in the position of the chief executive, whoever that is, this includes goes from Ronald Reagan to jo- George Herbert Walker Bush, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, or Barack Obama. The purpose of the White House and the bully pulpit is is a singular voice that can go above everyone else in the media and hopefully instill some kind of calm. It's part of the reason on September 11th, George W. Bush made sure he slept at the White House and spoke to the nation that day. It's part of the reason he went to Ground Zero, stood on the rumble, rubble, the rubble of the World Trade Center and said that, you know, the, the people who knock these buildings down are going to hear all of us pretty soon. It's part of that narrative to bring the, the nation together, partially just to say, hi, we're in charge and we're going to keep you safe. We know what's going on. The president consistently, just how he's handled it since uh, – because the coronavirus has hit the, the well, he has, shores, he hasn't has, said has consistently misstated something, sometimes horribly badly, well, he, and taken that instead of saying, oops, made a mistake, even, this is why we have experts, here's uh, Dr. Fauci, he's out front, he briefs me every day, but what he says is gospel. Instead, what's happened is they've managed to botch every step of the way and created more concerns by sometimes getting basic facts wrong, like the gender of the first fatality. That is absurd that those kind of basic things that they're getting wrong. So when you get to the point of people ha- having the global to trust scheme, the country hold on, or in a global, trust those in charge. In a global scheme of things is, you know, like you just brought up, you know, they got the gender wrong. Uh, as somebody who's been in emergency management and been in these situations, the fog of the emergency happens when we start hearing critical uh, detractions from the administration on stuff like that. The, are we being overly hypercritical to create news? Well, no, but that's the that's the thing because there's so much that we don't know, legitimately do not know about the the risk of this virus, how bad it could possibly be. The absence of a clear voice with clear facts that are that are sending out information that is without dispute, that vacuum lends to more chaos. Now, you can't just say it's the American media. This is also part of that irresponsibility thing. The Italians are playing soccer to empty stadiums. I hear somewhere along the lines that they take the sport seriously. Therefore, you know, empty stadiums might mean something to other people around the world. The idea that it's just the American press hyping this up as some kind of conspiracy against the Trump administration, again, is absurd and dangerous. I'm 
I, along with everyone else, am rooting for them to handle this much, much better than they have thus far. But they keep dropping the ball on some really basic stuff, and it doesn't instill confidence. Get it right, and you'll earn the confidence back. But you get it wrong, and you're going to send people down more conspiracy rabbit holes or looking for their own cures like like gargling bleach or whatever some morons are doing. I mean, Crisis Communications 101, I mean, you need to make sure you have a clear, consistent message. You also have to make sure that you have a clear chain of command in terms of conveying the message. And I think that it's, you know, although there there is somebody now in charge um, who is not an expert, um, there's still confusion as to who who is the spokesperson and 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 people trust experts they trust doctors they trust medical experts and those are the people i think that the american people want and need to hear from especially in terms when about, the white house blesses them exactly, they assume they are the best and the brightest the and, and and the thing is that the white house need not get in front of those people. Those people need to be able to speak to the American public because those are the only people who have the credibility. Right. I mean, I mean, look, we all know that there are some really smart people working this issue. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about Dr. Anthony Fauci, the head of uh, infectious disease at the National Institute of Health. We've talked about... Um, uh, some of the other folks that have been there, uh, the head of the CDC, for example, is 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 quite experienced in this. Uh, when we look at um, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Bricks, who is the former head of uh, PEPFAR, I believe. Erin, she Pep? is. Yeah, Deborah, it's actually Burks. Burks, Burks. I'm sorry, uh, Doctor Burks, who is former head of PEPFAR. She runs the Global AIDS program, which right. is PEPFAR. Right. Uh, very smart on this stuff. She's and and she is very apolitical. But then we see people like uh, I don't agree with Alan. I I think the secretary of HHS, uh, Secretary Azar, has not done any favors for this or uh, for this issue. Suggesting poor people might not be able to afford the vaccine was not exactly a helpful statement. Which was not what he said. He was being he said pushed. they were going to have to work with the private sector and see what. The, there was a political answer for it. The political answer for it is we're going to work with the private sector to make sure everyone that needs to get vaccinated does, I, and making sure th- there I is don't a correct disagree. answer. But there's a difference between what he said and what you said he said. But I'm glad to see that on certain facts, like getting the gender of the first person who died wrong matters, even though many other facts clearly don't. The the basic takeaway from his statement was, well, yes, you are correct. He was pressed on it. The basic takeaway was, and I listened to it myself multiple times. I might not have the exact quote in front of me, but the 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 basics of that quote was the private sector is going to have more of an influence on setting the market price. But so, well, wait a minute. We, there, not, there's there's bigger uh, there's been bigger problems in communication than just that. That's no, the that, least of that, their that, problems. That's one of many. I mean, the when you've got the president already have a cure. Yeah, when he's saying that <laughs> was a that, that warm weather is going to make this disappear. When he says stuff that the uh, that a vaccine will be out uh, in 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 less than six months. 
those facts. I, he pushes those things. But, he, but, the, but they're, inco- they're incorrect and it causes. No, no, I, look, there's a difference, though, in saying this is what's going to happen is can 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 we agree we'll, we can do that in five or six months? And then he gets pushback. That was in a that was in a televised meeting with all these pharmaceutical heads and the president. He just said it like at a rally he, the he, other day. He did look like he didn't know what he was talking about. But at least in that case, it, it, in, the, in the big meeting, he's with some people who will will correct it. No, he's not wandering around with a group that's correcting him all the time. He's very undisciplined. And I agree with you. The president himself is Part of the problem because he wants to put, uh, it, he he wants to say things about it that are not yet true. Maybe it will die out when the weather gets warm, but the experts are not saying that it will, and or the, even that it's likely to. It's, and how can he know? He can't. So <laughs> you know he got that idea from from President Xi. Who because threw, that's who, a trusted who, source of who, information. Who, who, who buried the first two months of the, well, of the disease? Who, right. Who? Who? <laughs> he's you know he's got multiple agenda items with, and he thought, okay, they're in control, and he said a bunch of highly complimentary but completely uh, erroneous things about about China. But he seems to have absorbed this notion of well, maybe it'll die out. Maybe it will, but it probably won't. No. So <clears throat> to to like nuking a hurricane. To, to, right. To suggest. <laughs> To suggest that it is is problematic, and in this case where there's so much that we don't know, it's a huge mistake to suggest we know things that we don't. It just under undermines your credibility going forward. And when the economy, does, does it, wait, let me ask you this question: Is it a problem the fact that you've got you know obvious reactions happening as a result of the White House's response to this, whereas we lost? 12% of the total value of the stock market in one week. Worst week in stock market history. It was not, actually, the worst it, week in stock market history. It, I, I, if, it, if you're going to keep saying that, I've got to correct it. it. It's definitely the worst it is since the, 2008. It, it's, since, I don't, I think, since, since 2008. History. Two, really fundamentally different points. What was a bigger percentage drop of, of both money and percentage? It's, there's two different measures. Right. Per- there's percentage, money, per- percentage right. or raw and number. And there's percentage. All right. Anyway, but here's the thing. There was a bigger percentage right. drop in 2008. Okay. That's yeah. all. Okay. So, but the, but, the, but the reality is. The reality is the stock market is presumably somewhat of a rational actor since those folks don't exactly like losing money for fun. So the stock market's reaction in response to both their own questions about how governments around the world, including the American government, are handling this crisis, as well as what they've already seen on the ground really for believe, the, 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 the effective really supply believe that change this is, is, is clearly going to affect, affect the market. There's a nifty you, satellite picture Dan. over how the air quality in China has improved because nobody's allowed out in some of these factory towns. Yeah, but Dan, do you these really are interesting believe, things? But Dan, do you truly believe that this is that that the economic hit? Because again, as we record this on a Tuesday, the stock market was down earlier over a thousand points at one time. Do, do you believe that this is only due to coronavirus, or do you think that there is, that this is just? An economic downturn that we've heard economists predict just happening at a really bad time. I mean, the chicken and egg question, everything's multi-causal. So, I mean, I am no expert on the stock market, 
My rough looking at it says it had, may have been overvalued because we were due for a correction for some time. And once the happy times always come to some kind of conclusion at some point, that coupled with the shock of the coronavirus and people going, uh-oh, maybe we've had good times for too long. Right. It is time for that correction. It's impossible to know if there's a singular cause. Things are multi-causal. But Rich Rubino, I mean, does does the coronavirus help the White House, help the Trump administration looking at another four years as far as them giving a causal argument for why the stock market went down? Or is this a red herring? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Aaron said a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about the economy that it's causation without correlation. Um, the alliterative phrase, which I think is a lot of what's going on in terms of President Trump. It's very hard for somebody to, if there's an, for an economic downturn, for somebody to say directly, well, this is all President Trump's fault. With this, this, we, People could say, well, it's the disease. It's all these other factors. But the issue is that the president has taken so much credit for the economic gains, whether he was because of him, whether it was because of Obama, whether it was because of market forces, whether, because, whether it was because of things that, not, that not, the president has nothing to do with. The fact of the matter is that the American people have this view that the president kind of has plenipotentiary powers over the entire economic system. When in reality, he's only one, the president, the Congress are one factor, monetary power, monetary, the monetary system is one factor. There is so many other factors. But if you take credit for it, then you have to take the blame for it on the other side. If you know there's an economic downturn, presidents get blamed for it. Eisenhower got blamed for an economic downturn. He took credit for the economic for the economic um, recovery that he had earlier in his administration. It's just the way that American politics works. Right. Uh, Alan Moore, though, when we, we know that the president has been literally just dogging the Fed to give an interest uh, interest rate cut. The Fed, as of this recording, announced today that they were going to cut it by half percent, uh, the interest rate, and yet it still did not impact. The, the stock market still took a nosedive. Are we really getting to the point where um, we could possibly say that the president's impact on economic heat was a, a big shell game, smoke and mirrors? Or the Fed doesn't have a tool for no, this crisis. No, I, I think. Or is there legitimacy that the crisis is helping the economic downturn? Absolutely. This is about the coronavirus. That isn't to say that. Everything that was that was involved in the economy before was totally strong, but there's a very there has been a very strong, steadily growing underlying economy in terms of unemployment, GDP, stock market, and, and, and so on. Those were those were real things. Now the president, of course wanted to exaggerate his impact. He wanted to downplay what he inherited and basically say, I inherited the worst economy in history, and I have from that single-handedly developed the greatest economy in the history of the world. Both of those things are nonsense. But he has been playing that narrative. Meanwhile, the economy was strong, has been strong, and arguably still is strong. And along comes coronavirus, this uncertain unknown, brand new killer that caused tremendous disruption in China, massive, what we talked about before, which interrupts an enormous amount of American economic activity, not to mention then uh, air travel, cruise lines, um, imported goods, imported parts for products that are assembled in America, and we know there's going to be downturn associated with this. There are trips being canceled, 
conferences being canceled. These are real economic things that affect people's jobs. People postpone purchases. If you were going to buy a sweater last week and thought, uh-oh, I better wait. Right. Uh, two months from now, you're not going to buy that winter sweater. Right. There's all kinds of stuff that the market then starts making adjustments for. The pre- I, I'm not blaming the president's mistakes uh, I, they don't certainly help, but I think this is real world stuff. As Dan pointed out, Italy soccer games are being played in empty stadiums. Right. Think about the economic impact of getting no revenue from a major soccer game, and and that's the, these little incidents magnified literally millions and millions of times have an economic <clears throat> impact. Yeah, no, no, no. the market Aaron, reflects it. Yeah, Aaron. I think a helpful, and I don't know if this is just semantics, but a helpful way to look at this is to look at risk. And I think that, you know, obviously the the stock markets have responded because they are concerned about risk. And I think that the coronavirus is exposing, you know, because I don't think, it, you know, if it weren't the coronavirus, you know, one could say it may have been another risk, it is exposed risks and seams and and perhaps a a concern that that our government is not as prepared as it should or needs to be to handle the kind of disease outbreak like this and arguably could have been managed better in the past i think we had a better capability but I think, you know, many Americans as well as, you know, the stock market, I mean, they're, 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 they are legitimately concerned because risk has, but, has, the risk has gone up and we don't know how to manage it. But there's, there's, <clears throat> I mean, there's a bigger problem here is you've got the absolute fear that is being instilled in everybody and by the media, by even some of the politicians that are happening. And the facts on the ground. What, what, what's that? And, and the, the facts, facts on the ground. On the ground. And, and the fact, but, but the reality... They drive this. It's the facts that drive this. Well, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think what's happening is, is again, as, as the only person in the room who's actually dealt with stuff like this, as somebody who's actually responded to anthrax, I can tell you that, you know, when you get into... A situation where you've got to you've got to manage the information that goes out. There is a certain level of too much information that can go out, and I can tell you right now, my impression is that there is a way too much information that is out there. Uh, the fact that you've got bad messaging coming from the leader of the federal government and the president is a dangerous, dangerous situation. At the same time, you have people that you've got social media, which is something that we've never dealt with on a major pandemic before. You've got social media saying, hey, look, you know what? Gargle Clorox and you'll be fine. Uh, There is no central control of the information. And because we are driven by information, there is no control of what's going out. And then, and again, people are digesting whatever if, if, they if, want if, to see. The narrative. If, if only. They're not controlling the narrative. But, but we, we, I think we missed an opportunity to control the narrative and the people at the top failed to take that initiative. And there is a void right now. 
And if there is an information void, people are going to fill it with silly stuff from the Internet. You know, it's interesting. We're sitting here talking about uh, sort of this political and media focus in America. This is not the story. The story comes from China, where there's no active political enterprise that has a lot of power and a media that's under control. It's where it started. They didn't share information. And the problem started to get out of hand, and that's where the great bulk of the infections are and the great bulk of deaths are and where all of the efforts— what about China, Italy? China is 50 times what Italy is. No, no I'm green. I'm just saying. And, and when I say it's the facts on the ground, it's what's gone on in China and, and th- that has fed all of this and the Chinese efforts belated to conceal and then control um, that's created this economic disruption that affects the rest of the world, the U.S., Europe, and so on. That wasn't our doing. It wasn't our politicians. It wasn't our media that caused what happened in China. And the markets, these are pretty smart folks who look, and they, they may not like what America did and, and think that we, we were slow off the mark or we allowed some shrinkage to occur, which is all I would acknowledge. Right. The president has proposed cuts, hasn't gotten them, but we still He's treat also there's a, failed we to, still, we failed still to treat, put people in seats that are funded. But, but, 700 but, seats that are unfilled from a hiring freeze. That's no, no, not but, insignificant. But, no, no, but, but there's, another, there's another issue here is the fact that you, you talk about, you know, when, when the message can't get right, and you now have, good example, Port of Long Beach. The Port of Long Beach is at now 45% capacity. 45, 65% or 55% of its total global economic trade capacity is not being utilized because of the quote-unquote coronavirus. Now, Long, Port of Long Beach's biggest trade routes go through the Far East, places like yep. Japan, Taiwan, uh, China. What I'm getting at is if we, you know, blaming everything on what the Chinese did and the domino effect that rippled here, I don't think that, I think that we are savvy enough, smart enough, and had we not had a lack of experts in this administration, including crisis communications folks, that we would have felt that kind of impact. You look. We, we are. All, we, no, 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 no. So no, we're, we're mixing lots of things here. So, so everything is interlinked. So what Alan was saying is absolutely correct. It all started with the Chinese mishandling the situation. Arguably, if they had sent up the warning flag to the World Health Organization early and actually brought in experts, which was never going to happen. Says who? The Chinese have an authoritarian state. President Xi is literally the most powerful leader they have had probably since Mao. And, and you not think that? Mao. And you think that Chairman Xi is going to say that we've lost control of a, of what could begin as a? Pe- Absolutely not. The the narrative is very simply: we, there is an outbreak of something here that, in in the interest of protecting not only. And oh, by the way, the WHO markets, come but, in, but, but the world. Yes. <laughs> Yes. P- part of that narrative. They're there now. It's just that it was way late. Yeah. Part of that narrative that, is how you control things, and you actually let people know that the experts are in charge. 
the Chinese failure, we don't have hard numbers because of the Chinese failure because we simply don't trust anything. This includes the Chinese population themselves. For a controlled media, if they were actually distributing information properly, it's entirely possible it could have been controlled significantly more and earlier. That failure going continuing <laughs> going down downstream for for multiple other fronts the not the least of which is us because of our power and our strength to actually affect things in a positive way because the United States is simply the United States. Part of what stopped the Ebola epidemic in Africa was the President of the United States de deploying the U.S. military's health right. resources in into Africa to help control things to mitigate the risk. That makes everyone happy, not just domestic markets here, but domestic markets every place else around the world, which which can arguably help control for things like stock markets, right. seeing there is an uncontrollable risk there, so they want to protect their own resources. There is a step there when all these things interlink. Unfortunately, you have an ineptitude happening in some very high levels in two very large countries that is snowballing upon itself. And until that starts getting narrowed down and controlled, and that control means what, public and that, trust. And that's what public I'm saying. Public trust is a real but thing. But that's what I'm saying is this could have been largely better contained if they had gotten from day one a message that was coherent, that was coordinated, that made sense, and wasn't contradicted by the head of state. I don't think there's any disagreement no. there. The well, it, it, it depends on when you say, I think this largely could have been contained. I think we're talking about something at the margins that that is a part of a body of activity involving multiple countries that are beyond our control. I think I'm happy to blame this administration Right. Any time the, the global, for, the global for any pullback for, thing. for international organizations, which which this administration has been shameless as far as saying how against being a part of any kind of global organization and giving credibility to the WHO hasn't so been a talking point. That, 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 We're that still is, the largest donor to the WHO. All folks. of that is all, all of that is true, but say, the the global cooperation on something like this matters. There is. This is clear evidence that while stopping it, we don't know. We again, we don't know enough about the disease. However, having some sense of control, feeling like people are in charge, maybe some of the overreactions could have been stemmed. We don't because we don't know what right. we don't know. We also don't feel like we know who's in charge, Aaron, which Aaron, is a problem. Aaron Arbo, I agree with Dan hundred percent. I think that the international cooperation component here is key. If there is open sharing of information, obviously, through international regimes, um, you know, where the U.S. is a party to that, we have that information in advance. That is our best early warning system is, you know, disease surveillance. And if we are monitoring what's happening, we are plugged into that. We're aware of that. And we can take action, you know, sooner rather than later. You know, then then we have some power over this. But our our 
approach has been to not engage in these regimes, you and know, that I'm is doing sorry. ourselves it's a disservice. Not the case in global health. It's just not. We're overstating how much we're not in, in, involved. We are the major player in the just world. Just because we on, give money to it's the not WHO, just give money. We've got we've got CDC, USAID people, State Department folks. All over the world. You're not honestly suggesting that with the interests of the White House don't come some significant increased benefits to those exact same people you're talking about. Those folks are without question trying to do their job as best they can. They, you, get yeah. the, you get the attention of the White House, seas start to part, literally overseas. And, and I think – in this particular case, we got off to a, an unfortunate start. The CDC fooled around trying to come up with a better test, and we lost a couple of weeks. But China sat on this information as people became infected and traveled to South Korea, to Japan. Somehow, Italy and, became now, a big a, a big part. We, wait, wait, this wait, we haven't talked about our, our, we haven't talked about Iran failure we, in Iran. So these weren't failures of of America to engage. These were failures of countries, particularly China, Iran too. To, to hide, to think we got it. We don't want to admit we got a problem. We got to sort this out. We have plenty of expertise. But part of it is is to use our expertise and our role in leading international efforts on this, and and not and that and not playing catch up. What would you have had us do with China? Well, which is where this all started. Of, of course, was out of, of hand. course, that's why you you the, take the, these the efforts in advance. The president called on a meeting from from the Oval Office saying, "I'm going to sit down with President Xi. We need to make sure and knock down this this issue as best as possible for both the health consequences and the trade consequences. This is best for both of our countries. That is a way of parting the seas. It can happen, and also creates a tone that, by the way, we are in charge here, and we're going head of state to head of state." to make sure everyone downstream does what they need to do. You're forgetting that our president talked to President Xi. What's going on? And got all these reassurances. Our president, who's got a lot of different things he wants to get done with China, believes him, takes him at his word. A smarter guy would have said, I don't believe you, Xi. I don't think you know what you're doing. Let us in. Let us come in and tell you how to do it. That's, I don't know of any president who would have had the, the, the power or the ability to get more out of Xi in this particular event. Maybe next time, but we are we are not not allowing any more Chinese ships to port in the United States until we we have a sit down. Even if we did allow conversation about this, even if we did, shutting down a port like that is well within the president's authority. That's a strong argument. Whoa, 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 whoa! Now you guys are getting into really weird stuff. First of all. Like nobody was talking about doing that, no. suggesting no, no, that. No, 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 no. You, you were asking whether or not the president could could make this happen, and the answer is yes. But wait, well, hold on. The deal, if hold you're playing, on. if you're, hold if on. you're playing, hold on. if you want to go strong arm to strong arm, okay, let's play that game. The, well, first, it wasn't strong arm to strong arm. Xi was saying it was strong arm to no arm. We've got this. We, we've we've got this. We've got this under control. We think it'll go away in the spring. He was not forthcoming. Right, now, which is part of the reason well, why we're having I, a I think our leadership. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Everybody stop. 
Stop. First of all, people are saying some crazy stuff. That okay, hold on here. Number one, uh, the, the 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 big concern that everybody should be worried about is the impact on the global trade coming into. I brought I bring up Long Beach. Are we, why well, you focus on no, Long- no global health needs to be issue number one. Let's be clear on <laughs> well, that. Well, okay. <laughs> wait, wait, no, no, but, but keeping people alive. Oh come on, damn! That's so yesterday. Yeah. Oh come on. Is that really that big of a deal? Yeah, it, that was not that was rhetorical. Come on, really. But the, but the the big the big the big problem is we can save everybody, but we still have the economic concerns in this. You look at we're not getting we're not getting the goods because we rely on a just in time logistics system from places that are hugely impacted like China. Nobody understands. The down road economic impact that this is going to have, this is going to be a lot worse. You shut down a West Coast port, according to the University of California, Berkeley, the daily ripple effect is $8 billion a day on one port. You shut them all down between commerce, between the far east and, far east and here, and that's, what, nine, ten deep water ports? You're talking an $80 billion a day impact on the national economy, that's going to get people's attention. That's going to hurt people in their pocketbooks. And that's something that could have been at least minimized if they had pulled their head out of their rear ends early enough and said, look, here's the reality. Here's what's going to happen. We're working on it. We will give you updates as soon as we have it. But right now, just continue on with your lives don't stop what you're doing. Do common sense stuff like wash your hands, which the fact that we have to literally broadcast wash your hands after going to the bathroom and shaking people's hands is remarkable to me. But for crying out loud, this is something that could have been prevented. I don't think you we are lose. just not no, no. correct. Pre- pre- why why just am a, I not correct? You are pre- not correct. Why am I correct? You, you, what? <laughs> That's like preventing the rain. It's, it's, wait, 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 wait. wait. How, don't know what. Everything we don't know the facts about this. You can't say we could have prevented it. Might we? No, no. We could have prevented. We could have prevented the economic impact. We could not have. No, we could have mitigated. We could have mitigated. Been able to mitigate to reduce at the margins. Absolutely. Yes. But but to say that we totally blew this and it's our fault. It's just not true, and it's a disservice to anybody listening. No, 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 no. The, the, the fact is, is that we, we, there is an inherent responsibility that we have in the global community. People look to us to have the expertise to respond and deal with this stuff. A large part of the R&D in the world that happens in big pharma happens as a result of U.S. companies and the research that is done by U.S. universities in the in these areas, we could have had a better message from day one, day one, and we didn't. And that's why I'm saying, had we started this off, this could have stopped the snowball. You're just, I just no, no, don't, don't agree it, with yeah, you. Right, I do not agree. It no, might no, be that, a that, slightly that, smaller snowball, but it was going to be a big snowball because we don't know enough yet about what this thing is. We just don't have the, the information. The, 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 the speed of spread could have been mitigated and potentially could. Again, lots of qualifiers here. 
there is a ch- if that mitigation also goes through the the shortages of all sorts of things that we're already seeing because of and we're not talking other hand supply sign, chains. Hand I'm just talking supply chains for things that matter for this specific issue. Right. Things like masks, hand sanitizer, those kind of things. If people were prepared out in front of this going, huh. This looks like a real thing. Huh, this could spread. Maybe we could ramp up production. We could actually see places prepared in other locations to have a supply chain that had multiple locations instead of a a very narrow slice of of country that was producing things. Yes, they are now trying to up production for face masks in India because China is apparently also one of the places where it produces a lot of these things. I'll give you another example of of bad management of the messaging is everybody says, we talk about let's increase the production of masks. You want to know something? The masks that people are handing out don't work. They don't filter out this microbe. But yet, everybody will sit there and say, oh, let's give masks to everybody. Let's up the production no, of masks. Again, this is why we should be careful in what we say because it's already incorrect. <laughs> it's like, just like Wait, when what is, that? Uh, what is incorrect uh, about or, that or, that statement? Or, uh, DHS was talking about incorrect? duct tape, remember? Yeah. It's like no, it's this, <laughs> this, this is con- 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 control. Again, none of us are experts here. The reasons for not buying out those masks is not that they don't stop anything. That is incorrect. No, it but doesn't they, stop. Stop the coronavirus. That's and I am somebody who's done this. The Based on the reporting that I've seen, the actual issue is the medical professionals who actually do need these masks. And it's less of an issue. Also, it's for those people, on for the masks that actually do. It's not all masks don't stop this. Let's, let's start there. Some of them do. <laughs> no, it's a minor number. That does. It's the N95 masks that have been listed as the the ones that actually do stop, that are capable of stopping the coronavirus. The reason people have been saying don't stockpile them is because the medical professionals who need them both for themselves and the patients who actually come down with the coronavirus or other viruses that they don't want to spread, because one of the main reasons you spread this is through, that's right, where you sneeze and exhale, so nose and mouth. So making sure that you're not spreading by covering those orifices, it's part of the reason and you want to keep those masks where they belong. So you can't but, say, so the reason we need to be cautious on saying these things is this is not a broad brush. Yes, there are plenty of masks on the market that do not stop the coronavirus or any virus. They're designed for runners to keep part, part, particulate matter out of their lungs when they're jogging, not right. keeping viruses but, but out of your lungs. Let's get a history there. lesson. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let, let's bring our historian no, no, in no. to see we're, if we're he's done. Got, we're if done. He's got a comment here no, we're, to add. We're, no, unfortunately, we're we're coming up on the end of Come the on, show. Come on, Spanish flu. No, Come on, no, Spanish no, flu. No. Spanish flu. No, I was going to no, say that no. Chester Arthur signed the Chinese Exclusion Act. Back in 1883, so he was not pro-Chinese. That right. brings us together. No, that 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 <laughs> works. Thank you. All right. On behalf of uh, Rich Rubino, Aaron Harbaugh, Dan Lipner, Alan Moore, uh, special thanks to. Wait a minute, Charlie's holding a baby while he's doing this. Aaron brought I'm the doing baby. Doing a great in. job yeah, of it. He has been. <laughs> and Maddie, the engineer, also doing. Best, Double duty as best president engineer. I ever had is this little baby. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Aaron, thanks for bringing the baby in. Hey, special thanks to uh, the interns. You can follow us on our website, backroompolitics.org. You can follow us on our Twitter feed, at backroompolitic. You can also follow us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash backroompoliticsradio. 
Uh, you can download us as your favorite podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iTunes, um, uh, TuneIn Radio. You download us pretty much on every one of your podcast services. We're kind of a big deal now. Have a great week, America. See you.